0: Coding Ascent Church, so glad that you guys are joining us online today. You guys, special guests today as I'm preaching. I got my friend Chris Lagadros here. Chris is the high school and middle school pastor for us in our church. He and I, we've been working together for but like, way longer than a cent. Yeah, I mean, because we were working yeah. together back when we were doing college ministry. Yeah. Right. Chris is investing in the lives of our high school and middle schoolers. Today, he's going to help me get started with our sermon. Before, uh, come but on, before yeah, yeah. we do, <laughs> this <is the> most <laughs> important day. Before, <laughs> before we do, happy, yeah. Mother's, happy Mother's Day. day. I love you, Mom. mom I you're love the best. it that you're joining us today. Um, I love you more than Chris loves uh, his mom. Can I say that? I you are a <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's a happy Mother's Day to all the moms. <laughs> that are out there today. All right, well, let's do this. We're gonna pray first, and then we're gonna get into the sermon, and Chris is gonna get us started. He's gonna talk about what's happening right now. This is May. Our high school students are graduating, or should be graduating in a couple of weeks. Our seniors are. From just happened a couple of weeks ago. And I asked Chris to come in to t- give us a little bit of perspective on what it's like for a high school and middle school student in the midst of COVID-19. Okay, so let's pray together and we'll dig into that that will lead us into our sermon. Father, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for the chance for us to be together. God, we thank you for any chance, even online through computer screens, sitting in our living room, in our pajamas. I thank you for the chance to take a step closer to you. And we pray that we would today, that we'd take a step closer to you. It's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so here's the deal. I've heard people talking about the fact that that um, graduations happening, prom is happening, those kinds of things are happening, and some will say, "I feel bad for our high school students that are missing that." Yeah. But then there's other folks that are going, "Well, it's not like I've, they've lost their job," yeah. and so and so they kind of we do that comparison thing. Yeah. But this is what this is the deal, you guys. Jesus never once compared my issue to somebody else's issue and said, this is the one that is more important than this one. He always addressed each one of us in our issues with great compassion. And if we're going to act as Jesus wants us to act, then we got to know each other's stories. We got to act with that compassion. We got to lead with that compassion. And to to be compassionate towards our high school and middle school students that are going through it with COVID-19, we got to know that story. So will you give us a, a better feel. Give us an understanding of why
1: it goes so much deeper than just, I, I missed out on graduation. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know, it's it's easy to think that. I mean, I, could, I I actually don't, If I think back on my graduation or prom, it's like, oh, maybe it was a gift to not have to go through that. But the problem is when, when our students hear that over and over again, they start to believe it and they don't need any help thinking that this time of life doesn't matter that much because it really does. I mean, you take COVID aside, take all that out of this, during, during middle school years and during high school years, our students are in a time where they have recognized that the anchor that they have in their family, and, and this is assuming, by the way, that they have a supportive family that it, you know that is surrounding them with love and care. They're recognizing, starting in middle school kind of subconsciously, in high school and con- a little more consciously, that that anchor of family is going to be gone in a few years. They are they are most likely going to graduate and either go to college or they're going to go to the workforce or they're going to do something else and they're going to leave that family structure. So they know this is the time when my when that anchor of family is not going to be there. So I need to start to try to figure out who am I mm. outside of my family unit. I saw, I love that I the whole thought of anchor that's a that's a big deal cuz cuz you think about
0: things like prom and graduation, it's just uh, an event. But man, you're talking about anchors, and you're talking about the fact that, okay, if if family is their anchor, they start to look for anchors in other ways.
1: And that is what high school and what middle school is, is they are trying on different identities. They are finding, what do I wanna anchor myself to? I've got students that their anchor right now is the sports that they play. You know, I I got a friend who's a baseball player. He doesn't have his baseball season. What he has wrapped his community, his time, his effort, and his identity into, that anchor, gone. Hmm. i got i got another student that that uh her relationship she's a, she's a freshman and that her, and her boyfriend and i don't know about you guys if you remember how much relationships hmm. matter or seem to matter in high school right now this this separation this this quarantine is is killing their relationship hmm. and whether that's good or bad in the long run that has been an anchor for her that is cut out i mean our, all of the things that our students are doing the the things they do on the weekend that now they can't do again maybe that's beneficial maybe it's not any of these things that, that the way they dress, the way they're perceived, the way they talk, all of that is being experimented to, grabbed onto in high school. And now they are flat that all of that's been removed and they are untethered, have nothing that can mm. say, this is who I am. Man,
0: it's almost like a f- picture like a kite where it's like, man, if you cut that kite, when that kite's up in the air, it's just floating aimlessly. And it's that's kind what of you're, what you're talking about. High school students, Man, they're floating aimlessly. They don't even have the connection of another teacher. And teachers, you know, they love that connection that some students have with teachers and teachers have with them. They don't even have that. They're just aimlessly
1: floating right now. If you think back, like all of us can think back to how you know what was the reputation that we carried in high school. I know what mine was. There's actually parts of my reputation that I didn't like in high school. Even those things, it whether whether the whether students what they're experiencing in middle school, high school, they love it or hate it. It's giving them something to either draw towards or push against. Mm. And all of that's gone. So now it's just this question of what, who am I? What what matters about who I am? And I have nothing, Mm. nothing to put behind that. So so what's really interesting
0: with this, Chris, is is here they are, whether it's COVID-19 or not, mm-hmm. they're they're in these spaces where they're trying to find anchor points or what they can anchor their life to. And you're saying that like family is a tough one too because they're gonna move away from family and there's all the identity and those issues. And then you come along and you're on the front lines where you're seeing, now look, I know you're trying to anchor life to so many different things. I, I I want want to show you a way to anchor to somebody that's never going to change, that's never going to leave you, that's going to be with you all the way through. It's almost, there's a picture that I have in my head. That moment that Jesus is with his disciples at the very beginning of his ministry and he calls them out and he says, come and follow me. I mean, I can picture you sitting there with a group of teenagers and going, you guys, he's talking to you and he's saying, are you, Jump at this—the opportunity. To come and follow him. Put your anchor down on that life and that truth. You're right there
1: with them right now. What we're normal, i mean, that story alone—we invite our students into that all the time of, of saying, "Look at what you've anchored yourself to. Look at what you're grabbing a hold of. Is it? Does it last? Does it matter? Is it? Is it giving you that uh, that that?" that sense of self that you're looking for? And and 90% of the time, the answer is no, I'm still clinging for that. Hmm. And so then, when we look at that passage, I mean, specifically looking at it, Jesus calls them out onto a boat with them. And and, and in that moment, it's that risk. I mean, he looks at, quite honestly, a bunch of teenagers doing nothing and saying, hey, come into this boat. And they're sitting there having to decide what will it look like if I do, what, you know, it, if I step into this boat with this person, how will I be perceived? Is this gonna be familiar to what my experience is? Is this gonna be very different from anything I've known? How, what is I risk? What do I stand to gain? The thing that's happening now is, because they're seeing all these anchors that I've had have, have no, no consistency for me anymore, more than ever gosh this promise of saying cling to jesus this is the time make your your anchor point make your tether point jesus cuz this is what is going to last man man i just i just love that and what that does for us
0: you guys is it not only tells us to have compassion and to be praying that we got to be praying for our students, our high school students, our middle middle school students, we got to be praying for them and and approach these kinds of losses in their life with a with a deep seated just love and compassion uh, cuz they are losses and and they are trying to figure out what they can tether to so so We got to approach it that way, but then it also reminds us And this is where I want to actually go with the rest of my sermon. And so, Chris, I mean, jump in whenever you you want to jump in for the rest of the sermon. But this this is where I want to go with the rest of my sermon because it reminds me. It reminds me of those moments when I look back and I'm going, do you remember what it's like when Jesus first called me out, when he's standing there on the shore and he calls me out and he says, man, come and follow me. And, and, and I, I mean, I grew up Catholic, and, and, and you know, church was my was religion, and that was it. But when I got to college, at the University of Washington, and I went into this college ministry, and Danny Ryberg opens up his, his maroon Bible and starts starts reading from that, I, I'm, I'm I'm sensing and feeling this this Jesus is calling me out to just go come and follow me. I, I didn't know what that fully meant. I didn't. I had all kinds of doubts. I had all kinds of questions. I didn't know where that would lead me, but he's saying, "Come and follow me. You're gonna to want to see this life. You're gonna to want to experience this life." And and so I remember those moments when I first started, and I first grabbed hold of that truth and put my anchor down on Jesus as as the Lord of my life. And I, I want us to remember that for any of you guys that were that have a, a moment or a season or even a childhood or at some point in your life where that became real to you. There's a passage in Hebrews chapter six, it says this, it says, the certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, connecting us with God himself. Uh, Listen to that again. The certain hope of being saved, that's Jesus. Jesus is a strong and trustworthy, strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls, connecting us with God himself. That truth has been so important for so many of us that we came to that realization that, that, that I am that is a trustworthy and it is a strong anchor for my soul. And so I start living to that. But here's what happens. This is what I really wanna get into today. Here's what happens. It, start, it's a, it starts as this trustworthy anchor for our souls But we know that that's our faith. Now I need to put my faith on that. But my faith is sometimes not very tangible and sometimes not very strong. Let's be honest. Sometimes my faith is just as weak as it gets. And so what do we do? We start to put our lives on, on. We start to anchor our lives to other things that are more tangible we, we, we find a, for me, I found an an unbelievable wife. Chris found a phenomenal wife. I found a wife that is, is so, it's just so rock solid and, and is so, is, 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 has shown me what love is and has shown me what, how to, what parenting is. And, and I've, I've so loved the 25 years that I've, 26 years now with Jackie and, and she, in some ways, I start to anchor my life to that. But, what, but when I'm anchoring my life to that, if I were to lose her, I would feel so adrift, so adrift from anything. I'd be, I'd be just, I, now, what, now what am I anchored to? For some of us we anchor our life to our to our successes that we find in our in our workplace and and the accomplishments that we make. Some of us anchor our lives to our children. Some of us anchor our lives to come on, the stuff that we collect. Let's just be honest about that. When you, you, we think about our savings and our in our checking account and our and in our investments that you make, if you're doing investments and it's our retirement and it's our car and our house, we think about those kinds of things. For Jackie and I, with our savings account, we have a line. And when, when you know, for ours, it's $2,000. And when we fall below $2,000, I feel adrift. I feel like I'm no longer anchored to something. I feel like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? When we're in a good shape, then and with our finances and our savings, then I feel like I'm, I'm anchored because I'm secure. And so we put our weight down on those things. And and when we don't
1: have, when, when those things are stripped away, we feel like we're adrift. Gosh, Bill, you know, as, you, as you're saying these things, as is is you're painting these pictures, that for my own life, I just, I'm, I'm finding myself trying to think, what are mine? What are my anchors? What are the mm. things that I'm, what I tether to? And, and some of you guys know this, but my wife and I were new parents. Uh, you know, we got a we got a ten month old now, and and gosh, I'll tell you, I've i never had anything in my life that gives me more purpose, that makes me feel like this is this is this is what it, this is worth it. This is yeah. legacy. Yeah. This is something that I'm going to cling to. I'm going to do really well, and I think that's good. But the other thing is he's he's starting to get old enough now that you know he's he's interactive, but he's also starting to show preference. Um, and he does he prefers his mom uh, it's just it's just what it is and and i'm and i'm finding in myself that the days where we're together and, and i'll be playing with him and he's interacting with me and we're having this great exchange and then sarah comes downstairs to to grab something to eat or whatever it is oh my gosh the minute he locks eyes on her the minute he hears her it's just he's he's reaching he's crawling towards her and in that moment gosh the 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 amount of insecurity the amount of disappointment that why you know why aren't i enough to keep mm. you entertained why aren't and and the flip side of it too, if it's the other way around and she's playing with him and, and I come downstairs, he's never done that. He's never reached yeah. for me. He's never crawling to me and she tell me stories. and It's and those I, moments of, you, there's times where you feel like I'm the greatest dad in the word, world and times where you feel like I'm a babysitter. Oh <laughs> yeah, well, and, I, and I just realized that I have put so much security in like, it's probably because I don't know how to be a good dad, but and, but this, am I a good dad, am I a good dad? And, and, if, and if Jack doesn't show me that, not only do i just i fall apart inside but i also then i start resenting my wife that he likes her yeah, and it's, it's it's toxic
0: oh man i know those feelings i've had those feelings so often it's so good chris because that's you're talking about the things that man if i'm anchoring my life to my success as a parent holy smokes get used to that thing being pulled up every every six months because when do we ever feel super confident about our parenting so this is the deal, you guys. Man, we 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 know that God is there, and we have once anchored our life fully to Him, and then but then we start to find these other things that are more tangible, and we and we're we're almost fooled into thinking, oh, these are better anchors almost. But then when they're pulled away and you feel that feeling of being adrift, man, that, that, that's not a feeling any of us like. In fact, you guys, if you ever think that the Bible doesn't speak to us, man, you've got to read it some more and pick up on, I mean, there's a passage in here out of Job that so speaks to our life right now and our lack of anchors in our life. Job was the, was the Old Testament. Job was the guy that was just so loved the Lord, anchored his life on God, things were being stripped away from him one after another, he gets into this argument with his friends on why all this is happening. And he finally concludes, he finally says, oh my gosh, you guys, he says, we're all adrift. This is out of Job chapter 14. We're all adrift in the same boat, too few days, too many troubles. Does that not describe our lives right now for so many of us that are feel purposeless so many of us that are walking around grumpy I mean I was telling Chris about uh, Charlie Brown you guys remember Charlie Brown's friend pig pen that walked around with just this 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 dust all around him all the time I asked I told Chris that and he's like who's yeah. who's that who's pig pen I was talking to Maurice about it too he's like who's pig pen look we'll put a picture up for you guys so you guys can see it but man I sometimes feel like man, we're walking around um, with that cloud of dust around us, grumpy and frustrated, and lacking purpose, and all of that stuff. And we feel like we're adrift in the same boat. Too few days, too many troubles, man.
1: Gosh, I, I hear you, I hear you say adrift, and it's just oh. that word. It it eats inside because it. I think it's so perfectly. I don't know. Encompasses what we're experiencing. Yes. When things are going great and I know the direction, I'm going, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, I can go that way. Even when things are going bad, though, when I can see a negative outcome coming, I can start to prepare for, okay, this is going to be really bad. How do I defend for this? But, God, when you're adrift and I don't know, are we moving in the right direction? Are we moving in the wrong direction? And I don't even see it. Yeah. Oh, that feeling. It's not. Yeah, it's an
0: angst that we don't know what to do with. Well, look, I wonder if possibly some of our feeling of adrift is that we're it's revealing in us that we have possibly anchored ourselves to something that's not going to be consistent and stable. Jesus Jesus talks about this, you guys. And, and I want to, I want to spend the rest of this time talking about one of the coolest parts of the whole Jesus narrative. One of the coolest stories that we get to see. It, and, and so I want to take you there. It's the Sea of Galilee. It's, um, it's, it's right after Jesus had, had died and risen from the dead and, and has now appeared. He appeared a couple of times to his disciples already. And now the disciples, they their minds are blown because of what Jesus has done. And, but, but, now they're also trying to get back to some sort of normalcy. They're going back out. Peter and John and those guys went back out fishing. So I'm putting you onto the Sea of Galilee. Put yourself right there. Sea of Galilee, about 100 yards offshore. These guys are in this boat. They're throwing a net into the water. The net's got weights around the outside of it. And they're trying to catch fish. And they can't catch anything over and over again, all morning long, nothing. Finally, this dude comes walking on the shore and he yells out to them, throw your net on the other side of the boat. And they're looking in they're going, "What? What's about? Well, yes, our boat's afloat." You know, and, and no, no, throw your net on the other side of the boat. So finally they do that and they throw the net on the other side of the boat. And they catch what they call a miraculous amount of fish. John counted them, 153 of them. Now I'm not talking about the little fish that Jim fishes for when he goes fly fishing. I'm not talking about those those little brookies, the eight inch brookies that he catches. I'm talking about some serious fish that these guys were catching. And they couldn't even pull the net into their boats. It was so it was so overwhelming and so heavy that they used both the boats and they could barely get them get the net into the boat. So Peter is standing there and he's going, wait a minute, I remember this, this happened once before, three years ago, and he looks to the shore and he's going, that dude on the shore, you guys, that's Jesus. That's Jesus and he remembers back three years before when Jesus says, throw your net on the other side and they caught a bunch of fish. And he's going, this happened before, it's Jesus. And he jumps out of the boat, gets to the shore and comes right to Jesus. The thing I love about this narrative, the, the, what happens the rest of the time on this beach, is, is Jesus is constantly weaving. You guys, he's constantly weaving in our life. He's weaving our past, our present, our future, and his presence within all of that and his work within all of that. He's constantly weaving that together. And this is what he's doing here. He's weaving things together. Remember what it was like when you first came to that shore, when you caught those fish, and that's when Jesus asked him, come and follow me. That's when he first invited them in that moment. Then they get to the shore and the disciples are all there. And Jesus says, let's go have some breakfast together. What is he serving for breakfast? He's serving bread and he's serving fish. You guys, they have to go back to that moment, that moment when Jesus fed 5,000 people with a couple of loaves of bread and a, and a few fish. He feeds 5,000 people with them, and that was the moment that the disciples are going, oh my gosh, this is real. This guy can do things that nobody can do. And so that's when they first started putting all the pieces together. They first he first starts he follows they follow him they they start putting the pieces together. Then Jesus pulls just Peter away from all the rest of them. He pulls Peter away and he and, and I love that too because Jesus loves talking corporately and then he comes one on one with us and he pulls Peter to to to, to him and he says, Peter, I want to just talk to you now. This is at, this is in 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 uh, in, in John twenty one. Listen to what he says. He says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. And then he did again. He said, do you love me more than Do you love me? And he says, yes, you know, I love you. And he says, tend to my sheep. And then he says a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Then he said, Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and go where you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. And John later says, He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. Okay? So, so he's asking Peter, Do you love me? And he's, going, he's bringing it back. He's weaving it. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Peter denied him three times. Jesus asked, do you love me three times? He's weaving it all together. Grace upon grace upon grace. He's weaving the entire story together for these next two words because the next two words are absolutely essential for every one of us. The next two words he says to Peter are, follow me. The same two words that he said three years before He says it again to Peter right then, follow me. See, it's as if he's, he's, he's looking back at all of it. And he's saying, he's saying, I was there at the beginning. I'm there at the middle and I'm here right now. Do you guys see what he's saying to him right now and follow me? Man, I get so fired up by that. I'm, I mean, I got to stand up. I'm like a caged animal. I'm like a, I'm like a, like a lion in a cage that when I'm having to speak to the camera, I want to just go pace all over the place. Look at what he's saying to us, you guys. Be, Jesus is coming to each one of us, and He's going. I came to you, and I said, "Follow me," and you responded, and you said, "Yes, I'm gonna follow you." And Jesus is saying to Peter, "We've been good ever since then. My grace is covering you ever since then. We got eternity together because of that. Because I'm, because you answered that, and you're following me. And so He's saying, "Remember those days, the adventure that it was to to, to step into that. The the, how the beauty of saying I." I am putting my life down. I'm anchoring my life to this truth of who you are. Do you remember the beginning of that is what he's saying? Then he moves from there to, do you remember when it all came, became real to you? When you really started to see it, do you remember that? And you remember the need for your, my grace. And so I'm pouring grace upon grace upon grace to you. He's saying, look at all of those things all the way across. You've experienced this all the way across. And now, and now I'm asking you, it's time to reassess. And it's time to re-up in your life. Now, are you ready to follow me? gosh man it's so powerful man oh, and i
1: love it when i when i hear you say that a lot of times like when i hear you talk about reassess it's it, it scares me and, and and there's a little bit of this this passage where when jesus is saying you know do you love me more than these when i've mm. heard that i'm thinking to myself oh yeah oh no like do i am i do i have to cut out the things that that i've been anchoring to like i mean i don't think that like i don't think that jesus would say hey you shouldn't value your wife and love her and be anchored to that I don't think you would tell me like hey you know don't value being a good parent yeah or whatever that is and but as you were reading that man I started I started thinking when he's asking Peter do you love me more than these I, I hear him asking like these things that you have this 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 position of influence that you've been given because mm-hmm. of being with me or or the the people that are surrounding you the the, the the power the I don't know whatever it was that do you love me more than these and what he's asking is I'm not necessarily saying to cut all this away and get rid of it all he's saying would you love me more with these things Mm. would you like when you've been talking about these anchors and how and how Jesus weaves and you know to me I'm visual or whatever and I just think one of those like big like navy you know giant ships you see docked somewhere and the anchor on those is always this massive like braided rope or whatever and and to me I wonder if these these things that that we've been anchoring ourselves to aren't Aren't meant to be the things that 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 were that were anchored to completely, but are more the the pieces of the rope that God is weaving together and saying, "Take all these things, take yeah. merits, take whatever it is, and anch- I mean even with our students, take the things that you're picking now, anchor it to me." Oh man, that's so good.
0: That's so good, Chris, because that's it. That's it. It's it's he's saying he's saying anchor this, anchor your life to me. And now, follow me. And it's almost like he's looking at Peter and he's going, I know how tempting it is for you to anchor to other things. I'm going to ascend into heaven and, and you're not going to get to see me face to face anymore. He's like, he's like, okay, it's going to take faith. And with this, man, we've got to reassess and we've got to re-up. we got to go, man, are you ready to anchor to me again? Are you ready to do it? I mean, think of that, Hebrews 6.19. That certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor to our souls, connecting us with God himself. He's going, Peter, come on, look at this life. Look at these temptations of what you can anchor your life to and say, man, no way, I need you to anchor it to me. You're gonna need to anchor to me because some of those things are going to fail or fall away. You're gonna need it or you will go adrift. You guys, part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because we're in the hit heart of COVID-19 and every one of us are having our own issues when it comes to that. And a lot of us are getting really tired. We're tired of the Zoom calls and we're tired of being home and the same old thing at home. And, and, and some things are being stripped away from us and we do feel adrift at times. And I just wonder, if God is weaving something right now in our lives, I just wonder if God is going, man, I've got you in a slowdown moment. isn't it funny that we we say, you know when, I, when we're really busy before this happened, we're super busy and we're going someday things are going to slow down and I, I would sure love it if they did. Now that they've slowed down, we're going I sure wait, I can't wait for us to get back to, to, to the normal life where things speed up again. Mm-hmm. But right now, while things are slowing, have slowed down, I wonder if God is weaving something right now. Then instead of you going, oh my gosh, what another wasted day. He's going, no, no, I'm weaving something right now. And I'm saying, I'm saying, take a moment. Take a moment to assess. Take a moment. Go get a journal out. Go get the Bible out. Read this passage. Spend some time. Be dead honest, because you guys, we got to remember, Peter and Jesus are right right now with each other. They are, Jesus so loves Peter as he's assessing what's going on in his life right now. G- Jesus would want us to go, let's spend some time while our lives are slowed down and just say, all right, where have I put my anchors down? And are those, are, is that on something? that is not going to last? And how do I turn and say, no, I hear your voice, Jesus. I hear it again. I'm on the shore. I hear it again. Follow me, follow me, follow me. Come on, put your weight down on me. Put your life on me and then we'll see where that adventure goes. I love the very end, I love what you said, Chris, when you said that, the, the, you know, do you love these more than, more, more than me? Because he also says at the very end, he says, he says you're gonna go where you do, might not wish to go. And he's going, are you willing to go on this adventure? And who knows where that's gonna lead us? But we're gonna go anyway, and I'll follow you. And then you know what, down the road, I'm gonna re-up again. Because I'm gonna continue to recognize that I gotta keep stepping towards you, and our prayer for you to in this season right now is that we is that we would is that we would do a little assessment, maybe a mid-course correction, maybe just a mid-course assessment. Either way, that we would do the assessment, we'd look at our lives and say, man, it's so worthy of following that Lord, I'm gonna jump on that right now. Father, we pray that you would, you would bless um, our journey in this. And God, slow us down enough, slow us down enough to take a look at our lives, recognize that you are the anchor to our souls. And we pray that we would put our weight down on you, that we'd put our lives on you. God, we thank you that you so love and care for us and pour out your grace on us in the midst of all of this. And yet you still call us, follow me. God, I pray that each one of us would answer that call today. It's in your name we pray, amen.